Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season two, episode seventeen. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tajiana here, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, filmmaker, and activist. We are talking about Latin films. Yes, we are. Ay, ay, ay. Arriba. Ay, ay, ay. Arriba. <laughs> We are keeping the representation coming for you all. Uh, we recently talked about Asian representation films. Now we're talking about Latin representation films. This will be really fun. Let's get into our movies. Uh, the first film I'm going to talk about is so good. I remember renting this on DVD from the library when I was younger. I think like grade school. Uh, Real Women Have Curves, 2002, directed by Patricia Cardoso. This is such a beautiful film. Um, it's a story of a first-generation Mexican-American girl named Anna Garcia, played by America Ferreira, who is the star of Superstore on NBC, or who I know better from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and the Disney Channel original movie, Gotta Kick It Up. <laughs> yes, we can. Oh my God. It's so good. I love it's it. It's so good. It's such a great film. My goodness. Um, so in this movie, Anna is uncovering her passage into womanhood, discovering herself, who she is, coming of age story. Uh, she wants to go away to college. She would be a first generation student and um, she battles against the views of her parents um, because she's seeking higher education. They think that she should stay at home and provide for the family. As a compromise, she works with her mother in a sewing factory over the summer. And it's about what she learns and important life lessons of on the way, you know, helping her make a decision about her future. And like, even though you may go off to do other things, remembering where you come from and what stock you come from and things of that nature and, you know, f- first love and all of that stuff. It's a really sweet film. She's really a huge force in this movie. America does so well. It's a very well done um, film. It's also a cool indie as well. And I think it shows a Mexican-American uh, representation um, those stories I think that it shows it in a really good light I think everybody should check it out uh, my second movie and that movie Real Women Have Curves I believe it's available to rent on Amazon Prime online uh, my second film though so much fun um, classic classic I feel like a lot of people have seen this I'm talking about Selena 1995 directed by Gregory Nava the Selena biopic I feel like everybody's seen it. It's so good. It's so good. Seeing her so dance, beady, beady, bom, bom. Beady, 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 bom, bom. Como la flor. I love it. This is so good. So it's a biographical drama uh, about the singer Selena Quintanilla, um, played by Jennifer Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo, which I don't know if y'all checked out the Super Bowl, J-Lo and Shakira. That was fun. Oh, my goodness. That was so fun. Wow, the power. Right? I was like, okay. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, yeah, uh, J-Lo um, plays Selena. I think she does it justice. It's really good. Um, Selena, of course, is born into a 
musical Mexican American family in Texas, Tejas, Corpus Christi. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Her father, Abraham, played by Edward James Olmos, realizes that his young daughter is talented and begins performing with her at small venues. Um, she finds success, of course, falls for her guitarist, Chris Perez, played by John Cena. John Cena, excuse me. Who draws John Cena. <laughs> Cena, right? <laughs> Who draws the ear of her father? Um, her father does not like them together, so that's kind of like the main conflict in that movie. Um, she seeks mainstream stardom. Selena begins recording an English language album, which tragically she never completes because she was murdered um, tragically at the age of twenty-two. Selena was and is such a legend. Um, this film is very fun to watch, though. Uh, I know that behind the scenes, people were kind of upset at first when it was announced that oh, yeah. was playing Selena because um, mm-hmm. Selena is Mexican-American and uh, J-Lo is, of course, Puerto Rican and from the Bronx. Um, but I think she did a, a great job, I think, a really amazing job. Um, Selena also feels um, torn, of course, in the film because she sings in Spanish, of course, but she does not speak it as fluently as people would like or as her father would like, <laughs> who's also her manager. And so there's this funny scene in the movie where She's doing press and she's interchanging Spanish and English words. It's so hilarious. Um, you know, you see her star shine and fall in love and being a performer in front of thousands of people, as well as being a young woman who is finding herself and finding love with Chris and everything like that. It's very inspiring to watch, even though the ending is um, so tragic. But it's a good film. I believe it's in stream. Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah. It's on Prime. And it's on TV, y'all. It's on VH1 every other weekend so mm-hmm. <laughs> and aren't they coming out with the remake i think they are i think there is news like there's like a remake coming out um of the like basically the same like a film but like part two or is it a tv show might be a tv show something like that i did hear that too. there's like yeah there's a remake coming out okay yeah. um i think it's gonna be oh no it's selena the series here we go it's gonna okay. be on netflix nice um okay. yeah if it's not already i don't know i'm slipping we'll see <laughs> but yeah selena the series is supposed to be like coming out on netflix or something her narrative and everything like that that's so yeah. cool it's really good keep keep her memory alive which is really yeah crazy. yeah my uh last film is a romance romantic drama like water for chocolate 1992 directed by alfonso eron so actually these are mostly 90s, early 1000s movies that show Latin representation, but it's all it's all good. It's still fine. <laughs> this film is definitely emotionally taxing. Um, it has romance, but with an edge. The youngest daughter in her family, the beautiful Tita, played by Lumi Cavazos, is forbidden to marry her true love, Pedro, played by Marco Leonardi. So since tradition dictates that Tita must care for her mother, Pedro ends up marrying her older sister. It's so crazy. Rosara, played by Yareli Arismendi. I hope I didn't mess that up. Though he still loves Tita. So it's like, oh my gosh, really? Cue uh, Alexa, play Satisfied by Hamilton Soundtrack. Because <laughs> it's literally that story. It's so insane. So the situation, of course, creates tension in the family. Tita's powerful emotions begin to surface in fantastical ways through her cooking. 
So that's why it's called like water for chocolate. And as the years pass, unusual circumstances test the enduring love of Pedro and Tita. It shows love in all its forms. At the same time, it shows Latin culture, you know, with the food and family and tension and ties and things like that. And such a beautiful light. It's very well done. Uh, some good melodrama if you're in the mood. It's available to rent and stream on Amazon Prime. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Those are my movies for this week. Hope you enjoyed them. Taj, you let them know what yours are. All of my, you know, Mexican friends, all my, like, Latin friends are like, we finally have a animation that speaks to our culture. So Coco came out in 2017, and it's a 3D computer animated fantasy film um, that was produced by Pixar and released by Walt Disney. And basically, Coco um, is, um, it revolves around the Mexican holiday, Day of the Dead, and um, the script and the story um, were uh, produced and made by um, Latin people, which is great. Um, and it premiered on October 20th, 2017, during the Mor- Morelia International Film Festival in Mexico, which was great. So um, basically, the plot goes like this. Um, in Santa Cecilia, Mexico, Miguel dreams of becoming a musician, even though his family strictly forbids it. His great-great-grandmother, Imelda, was married to a man who left her and their daughter, Coco, to pursue a career in music. And when he never returned, Imelda banished music from her family's life before starting a shoemaking business. So um, Miguel now lives with um, Coco and their family, uh, including his parents and grandmother, who are all shoemakers. It's a shoemaking family business now. But he idolizes this famous uh, deceased musician, Ernesto de la Cruz, and um, Miguel makes a makeshift guitar and secretly teaches himself um, how to play it from Ernesto's old film. So um, on the day of the dead, Miguel accidentally damages the picture frame that holds a picture of um, Coco with her mother on the family ofrenda, um, which basically is just like a shrine honoring your ancestors and discovers the hidden section of the photograph showing his great, great grandfather um, holding Ernesto's famous guitar, which we find out um is actually him so it's like oh i got somebody famous in my bloodline a um (laughs) so um he you know is kind of like you know why haven't y'all told me about this um and the family is like no we object um no thank you we don't want it like we you know we don't talk about him for a reason basically and so basically um miguel is like no um i am going to go and enter into this day of the dead talent show and basically play music against their wishes. Um, and he breaks into this museum that basically holds like all of Ernesto's, um, memorabilia and things of that sort. Um, and then he, you know, he basically takes a guitar that is used, um, in the show, but once he strums it, he becomes invisible to everyone in the village plaza. So after that, he can interact with basically, all of his dead relatives who are visiting from the land of the dead for the holiday. So it's basically like he's crossed over into the, the afterlife basically. Mm -hmm. So then he basically in the movie, we see him go through this journey um, of like, you know, meeting different people, um, meeting his family members um, who have passed on. And um, he eventually meets the deceased Ernesto um, and, 
you know, long story short, he figures out, you know, his true colors, his true character. Um, but he, uh, he meets Hector along the way who ends up being, um, a huge, huge, uh, figure for him, confidant. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really sweet. Um, you, I just feel like, too, like, that'd be so creepy to like, <laughs> see your hands up. Was that oh, creepy? Oh I'm my so scared. God. What in the world? So scared. But sometimes I do like, think sometimes like, what would they look like? Or what did they look like? What were they like? You know what I mean? But that's like, yeah, oh, I yeah. want to, I'll be scared, but I'll also be like, oh my gosh, I'm so mm-hmm. honored. So I'm, I'm like, curious too, though. <laughs> Right, we'll see how it is in the afterlife. But I'm like, I I just love the fact that he was able to have, you know, a happy ending, basically. I don't want to spoil too much of the ending details. But going through that journey of being in, in the, you know, afterlife and then, you know, meeting Hector and going through this turmoil of like, you know, Ernesto is this great person and then figuring out his true character and then realizing that, you know, sometimes family is not always blood. Um, um, but you know, and sometimes they are, and you didn't even know they were. And I've had, I've had people who I, who I've met my, like, um, what's it called? My sixth grade math teacher is actually like a distant cousin. And we didn't figure that out until like after wow. I'd already wow. like graduated high school or something like that. It's so interesting. Kind of like what happened recently. And it was like on Twitter because I, I saw it on Buzzfeed. It was like all these celebs who are like related to each other. Related. Oh my God. Holly Berry and Halle Berry. Halle Berry. That was so hilarious. And Hallie's like, well, she may be on the tree, but she ain't invited to the cookout. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then people were out of pocket and was like, Holly, you barely invited to the cookout. I was like, don't come for her. Oh, what? Oh my I didn't know God. they were attacking. Why were they still attacking her? What did she do? I'm She's so still paying for Catwoman. That's why. <laughs> but that's a whole nother episode. Because nobody like Anyways. Still paying for Catwoman and they need to, whatever. Scratch their butt and get glad. So they, they still, yeah, she's still paying for cat. They're a mess. Doggone That's yeah, right. Another episode. Benjamin Braddock paying for Catwoman. He was on Empire. <sighs> I digress. I digress. Y'all gather yourselves, anyways. Um, but it just is sweet to see, like you know, how important family it like. All of my friends um, within this demographic were telling me, like, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. Because I didn't watch it until, like, last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had been avoiding it because people were saying how emotional it was. And I definitely, I, I cried at the end. So I cried. Yeah. It was so sweet. It was just so beautifully, like, animated. Um, and the budget was um, $175 million, And they made $807.1 million at the box office. And rightfully so. Um, but yes, if you have not seen Coco, please go watch it. For the community, very impactful. Right, exactly. Exactly. It was on Netflix, but I think they took it off. Um, Yeah, they did take it off because they put it on Disney Plus. If y'all have Disney Plus. If you got Disney Plus, go stream it. If not, I'm pretty sure it's elsewhere, but please watch it. It's super sweet and just, it informs you about, you know, Day of the Dead and just like, because I already knew some stuff, but now I know how to like, know what an ofrenda is and like you just get to know more about the culture and i know there's a lot of controversy because people are like well this is you know mexican culture and like what about this and this because you know everybody has a diaspora so um but i i think this is a great start um for you know latin representation so um great job next film 
my family slash mi familia um is actually an independent uh drama film and um it's it's super sweet y'all it is super sweet i like i don't know i had to watch this film for um my film and social issues class and i just i i fell in love and i love the cast um speaking of jlo jlo is in this film as well um jimmy smiths um uh maria um canals barrera and Constance Marie, I love them. I love them so much. Like they did such ugh, the the acting was so natural. Like this this film was just great. Um, it came out in '95 and it was directed by Gregory Nava. Um, and basically, um, he also he also wrote it as well. Not only directed it, but also wrote it. Um, he did <laughs> writer and director. Yeah, he did Selena too, so that's cool. Right, 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 exactly. He's a pivotal director in, you know, the Latin community. Um, he did the Zeus. Oh my gosh, she did so many. Anyways, um, <laughs> I love this film. Um, so it basically um, depicts three generations of a Mexican-American family who immigrated from Mexico and settled in East L.A. And the whole story is narrated by the family's oldest son, Paco. And it begins with, you know, the father of the family, Jose Sanchez, and, you know, shows that journey um, that takes one year on foot from Mexico to L.A., like iconic, what? Um, he travels to L.A. to meet a distant relative known as El California, who was born in the city when it was still part of Mexico. So um, they, become, they become fast friends. They grow a farm together, a corn farm. And then, um, you know, um, it is almost time for... Um, for El California to pass away. And before he passes, he says he wants the following written on his tombstone. When I was born here, this was Mexico. And where I die, this is still Mexico. Um, so after that, Jose meets and marries the love of his life, Maria, who is played by Jennifer Lopez, um, who is an American citizen. And after Maria is illegally deported to Mexico by the U.S., um, they, they did like this roundup. And basically, um, she, she makes it back to L.A. Um, and it's like a long this tr- this time it takes her um, two years. Um, and she actually had got deported with the baby. Um, so she returns ho- home with their new son, Chucho. Um, and 20 years later, um, the eldest daughter, Irene, shows is getting married. Um, Chucho and Paco have grown up new additions to the family. Um, and it begins to, you know, pick up. It shows the wedding um, and things of that sort. Um, and it shows Chucho, um, who is the youngest, but, you know, he's grown now. He's dancing with his girlfriend. And his uh, his rival, Butch uh, Mejia, starts to bother him. And it, they get into this knife fight. Um, and Chucho accidentally kills him. It's, it, it, it picks up. After this event, um, Chucho becomes sought after by the police. So everybody's looking for him. And Jose says, God has been good to us. We've been very lucky in our life. It has been very, very good. And then the camera pans to a shot of L.A. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's so real and so raw. So please, please go watch the film. It's on YouTube, I believe. Um, I think that's where I watched it at. But it's it's so it's so real. I 
I wish it was more popular. I know it's kind of um, outdated, but man, I'm not surprised that with a $3.8 million budget, they turned it into $11.1 million at the box office. Like it, like this coming out in 95, mm-hmm. like this type of representation. And this is when like a lot of these actors, you know, were like getting their, getting their, um, making the name for but themselves basically. Footing and everything like that. Right. Exactly. So I know it was, I know it was lit. Um, but yeah, go watch it, please. It's great. Um, last film is Colombiana, which is, it's described as a French action thriller film. Um, and it's so confusing because the diaspora holds so many different types of identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do, I do want to go to Colombia though. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, they speak French in Haiti. It's like, it's yes, so they do. Yeah, that's a that. Yeah, they do. There's Africans who speak Spanish. It's just I know it's confusing. Mm-hmm. All the colonization, all the traveling, all the this cultural sharing. Yeah, it's it's confusing. But this film, I definitely say this is probably. I think this is like top ten, top twenty. Like I, I love this film. Um, it stars Zoe Saldana. Love her. One of my favorite actresses. Um, and like literally, I seeing the action is one thing like the choreography of of the film like the shots the cinematography the action the acting because the zoe um but also um this is if you guys are familiar with amanda stemberg <laughs> rue okay um okay. star okay everything like, is everything <laughs> Everything is everything. Everything, everything. Yeah. Everything, everything. Mm -hmm. She got her start. I think, I don't know if this was her first film, but she was um, a little girl in this. She played basically, um, she played Zoe's character when she was, uh, Catalea. That's, that's her name. Catalea. Um, she plays the young Catalea and she bodied that. And now, you know, when you watch movies of actresses that you know now who are kind of around our age and you're like, wait, you were in that when you were a little girl? Like they started when they were really young. So, that was really cool. I remember rewatching it like, wait, that's Amanda. So, um, yeah, this film, uh, came out in 2011, um, as a summer movie. Perfect. Because it shows the heat is very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, this was written and produced by Luke Besson and directed by Olivier Megaton. Um, and yeah, um, Colombiana means a woman from Colombia. So, the film about Catalea, which um, it means like a thing of orchids, basically. She's a 10 year old in Colombia whose family is unfortunately killed by a drug lord. So um, after that, it shows 15 years later, a grown Catalea who is seeking her revenge. She's bo- she's a boss. Like she is a boss chick who is seeking revenge for the death of her parents. Um, and Zoe did a, a beautiful job with this. Like, uh, out of all the movies that she's done, I want to say this is top five for sure. Like, she has a great right. roster. You, you talked about this movie last season, like, about action movies. Mm-hmm. It's an action movie mm-hmm. and it's a movie that shows, like, the culture and, like, Latin representation. Right. Zoe Saldana is, right. you know, um, a part of the Latin community and everything like that, which is great. I mean, you got right. two for one special. <laughs> <laughs> two for one special. Yeah, sorry if it it seems repetitive, but I just, oh my gosh, I just love this movie so much. And like delving deeper into the the cultural part, you kind of see, like, I think the common theme here is like how much family means to us and like how connected 
we all are by family and especially within the Latin culture, like people will do anything for their family. Mm-hmm. Like in the previous movie, I'm going to cross, you know, from Mexico to LA carrying my baby through water for, you know, a better life and to be reunited with, you know, my partner. Um, in this movie, she, you know, saw her parents get, get killed at a very young age and is now like seeking revenge. So um, it shows like in the early nineties, that this, you know, drug lord assassin, um, you know, he's saying like, hey, I want to leave crime behind. And it also shows like in our communities how like, you know, how we get into sticky situations and like, you know, how it's kind of hard to get out. It shows the complexity of that. That um, drug lord, Don Luis, um, sending his henchman, Marco, and a group of killers um, to kill um, basically Catalea's um um, parents and so um Fabio gives um his daughter a smart media computer memory card with um basically Don Luis's business information on it and tells her that it's a passport he gives her the address of her uncle Emilio who is he, he's a criminal and he lives in Chicago and he basically says like he'll take care of you and it's sad because he knows that they're about to come in and die and so but she's been trained for this her whole life, basically. Like, yeah. she's, like, only 10 years old, but, like, they trained her so well. Like, yeah, it's so great. And so, um, and then he gives her his mother's um, Catalea orchid necklace. So sweet. So say goodbye, and it's like, okay, go. So um, Fabio and his wife, Alicia, um, or Alicia, I'm not sure how they pronounce that name, um, leave to battle Marco and his men. They're both gunned down. And then um, Marco tries to manipulate Catalea into giving him the disc, but she refuses, escapes, and stabs Marco in the hand. I was I was cracking up. I'm sorry. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> she makes it to the U.S. Embassy and gives them the information in exchange for a passport and passage to the U.S. And it's so nasty because she has to throw it up. And she, like, sticks and her finger down her throat. That's such a bad scene. That was the scene I was just about was, to talk about. Because she puts her finger down her throat, and she throws it up, and then he's picking through, he's like, ugh. And he puts it in the computer with a nap, and he's all like, do you know what this is? Because all these names come up, and she said, passport. It's my passport. <laughs> I'm just like, yes! It's her passport. She's going to America. <laughs> She's going to America. <laughs> Yes, like 10-year-old, comprehension, <laughs> listening skills, following directions. That passport, boo. And she knew what she had to do in order here. to get it out. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just crazy. So, basically, after that, she escapes from the airport, takes a bus to Chicago, and finds um, Emilio and Catalea basically asks him to train her as a killer, as, a, as if she didn't already freaking Bosch chick float and flip yes. and switch through the whole village yeah. like that whole cine- that whole scene the cinematography I think I was watching a video about how they choreographed that you get to see the architecture of like how it is in Colombia like the colors you know like the market and like people that they bump into like you get to see the infrastructure of like the land which was just super dope to me because you know if you don't leave the states you don't really know and so I feel like seeing that in the film like incorporating what things look like and not just sticking to like, oh yeah, drug lord, assassin, this. It's like showing, you know, the the place that you're referencing. Like that was just super dope. Um, after that, basically shows her grown up and she's an accomplished assassin. Um, and her uncle serves as her broker, providing her with contracts. Um, so each murder she commits, she leaves her signature 
the Catalea flower, which is a message to her ultimate target, Don Luis, that she is coming for him because this whole time he's still alive and in uh, uh, being uh, bad. So um, she's basically sending a message. And after that, um, after learning about the Colombian orchid, you know, the FBI basically catches on. F- FBI agent James Ross can now link this case to more than 20 other cases. And um, as a last resort, the FBI decides to inform the public about Catalea's calling card. So Don Luis, who um, he's currently at that point in, in a witness protection program overseen by CIA agent Steve Richard, realizes that Fabio's daughter is in the U.S. and orders Marco and his operatives to find her. So she uses every means at her disposal, including death threats to law enforcement officials to find where Don Luis is hiding and avenge her family's death. The movie is raw, period, point blank. Um, If you haven't seen it, please go see it. Um, They had a $40 million budget because obviously like that. Oh my gosh. The choreography in this, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The scene where she's in jail and she escapes with that slick black suit. Like all of it, so much detail, so much choreography. Um, made sixty one million at the box office, which is okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like everybody had this on DVD at some point. Um, it's really dope. People love Zoe too, so it's it's nice. Um, I like it. Those are my films. Um, I hope y'all watch these and enjoy them. I learned a lot about the culture watching these films. Each film taught me something in a different way. So loved it. That's awesome. Let's get into our next segment. Personal Everest. Personal Everest. So when (laughs) one makes a big summit of a mountain, let's say Mount Everest, for example, there are a set of skills and tools that one must master or adhere to with a great team around them to get the job done. So, of course, the Personal Everest for a director making a Latin representation film, I feel, is the same as last week we talked about making an Asian representation film, which is showing that film in a way of showing where it's honest and true, showing the good and the bad, you know, but at the same time, you have to be very sensitive with this material to do justice with it because you have to be aware of the audience. And a lot of times people really crave playing uh, stereotypes or just showing the one side of what most people know or assume about a culture. What do you think, Tosh? Yeah, I think staying true to like, accurate representation of that demographic is very important and you're, you're going to please your audience because you know your audience the majority of your audience is going to be of the demographic that you're targeting um and i think you know the people watching it know what's up so if you come with something that's like not true to it it's going to be like what this is not like you know this yeah. wasn't accurate or what have you so i think just staying accurate and like relevant to your demographic is really important. Obviously realizing that you have creative freedom with certain aspects, but just making sure that your research is like a one and, you know, telling, telling the truth, I think is, is the best way to go. Always, always. That's great. Well, thank you all for listening. Please tune in next week. We will be discussing little indie darlings. Oh yeah, Indies. Indies. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Chay Butter Pop, 
on Instagram at Shade Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. At Tashiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Instagram. Yes. And or. Or and. and. Or. or and. All one word, all lowercase. Follow us, hit us up. Please let us know what you thought of this week's episode or yes. what you want us to talk about. Please do. DM us. Let us know what you think. Oh, yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.